Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Redefining Balance for Working Moms. I'm so glad that you're here to hang out with me today. You know, this episode is a little bit unique because we are hitting two areas of life back to back. If you are newer to the show, we talk about eight different areas of life, and I bring you different experts from things from our faith, marriage, parenting, health, home, career, finances, and friends and fun. And last week, we had an episode about faith. We were talking about modern sacrifices that we can do to show our love to God. I mean, I'm always looking for some practical things, right, of things we can do, especially in our faith, because it's one of those areas it's just hard to be practical in, you know, when we we are living by faith. But I wanted to kind of provide some practical things that we could be doing in that area. So if you missed last week's episode, I hope you go check it out. And today we are joined by a special guest to talk about living without fear. Now, we all know that as Christians, the Bible tells us to not fear, to trust the Lord, to smile without fear of the future, right? And these are all of the things that we are always told. And yet, we still find ourselves with anxiety or fear or stressed about circumstances and really maybe holding on to some things a little bit too tight and not always trusting in our faith. So today we are joined by a very special guest, Katie McCown, and she is the president of She Laughs Ministries. She's a writer, she's a speaker, she's a mom and a wife. And you guys, I know that you're absolutely going to love Katie because when she's talking about faith over fear, and and especially in her new Bible study that she just came out with called She Smiles Without Fear, she takes a very practical, biblical approach to this topic, knowing that this is an area that a lot of us really struggle with. And it doesn't mean that we are not of faith or that we're lacking of anything, but rather something for us to rest in and search for God in. And she has some great practical steps for us to do today as well. So without further ado, Let's get into my interview with Katie. Katie, welcome to Redefining Balance Podcast. I am so excited and thrilled to have you on today to talk about this really, really important topic and really practical faith topic, which is rare to have. So I'm so excited for this conversation. But before we get into all of your brilliance, share with us a little bit more about who you are. Oh, I love that. All my brilliance. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, girl. It's going to be brilliant. And then I'm going to tell my family, no, Um, it's so great to be here. I am thrilled to be a part of the conversation that you're already having with your listeners and your audience. I think everything that you do here is so important and I love to give you practical things to help you accomplish what you want to accomplish in your faith and grow closer to God. But yeah, I am, I'm a mama of six and they are actually all in the house today. So I'm hoping that there's no thumps, you know, (laughs) along the way, but if there are, you know, where it's coming from. My kids are, they range in age from first grader to freshman in high school. And I have uh, four boys and two girls. And I have to say, honestly, even saying that out loud, I'm like, wow, do I really have four boys (laughs) and two girls? (laughs) I've been a mother for 15 years and I'm still, it just sounds like so many, but it's what we've done for so long. And and we homeschooled for several of those years and then we put them in public school. So we've kind of done a little bit of everything. And along the way, I did a little bit of writing here and there. And then as the kids got a little bit older and I did kind of small things along the way, one step led to another. 
And in January, the first Bible study that I wrote, She Smiles Without Fear, was published. And it's amazing God's timing. I mean, obviously, when when I wrote the study, I, I didn't know about 2020. I wrote it in 2019. <laughs> God did. God did. <laughs> yeah, he did. And it's just, I love that. I love that. I can go back and say, <laughs> when I was writing it, I didn't know anything about 2020, but God knew what we would need. And I just think it's such a sweet thing to look at his faithfulness in providing us help in the idea of smiling without fear of the future that we didn't even know we would need. I love it. And I think the thing I love so much about the title of this Bible study and even your ministry is that, you know, when we think about fear, it feels so serious and it feels like something almost to feel shameful about and it just feels kind of icky. But then when we talk about smiling and laughing, it's like a total contradiction. And I just think that that's amazing. I love what you pointed out because I think that's so real. I think no matter how much we do or don't know about the Bible, we've probably heard the verses, do not fear, or mm-hmm. I am with you, do not be afraid, because there's a lot in there. And so it's somehow our instinctive response when we feel it is to think we don't, oh, I shouldn't. And then, like you said, maybe we feel shame, or maybe at the very least, we we don't feel like we should talk about it or say anything about it. We just kind of feel like we should get over it. And in my experience, that's that doesn't help because it's still there. It still needs to be addressed. And all we're really doing is setting it aside and just piling it on top, one fear on top of another. And it just becomes something more for us to trip over. Yeah. And I'm so glad that you brought that up because I think that this is a real true thing that a lot of women struggle with. One is the fear, but then two, it's that feeling of like, am I quote unquote a bad Christian because I'm not trusting more in the Lord or I'm having anxiety about these things. Even though I'm praying about them, I still have fear. I still have anxiety. And what is wrong with my faith and what is wrong with me? Do you feel like that's normal? And what's kind of your biblical viewpoint of still having fear, even though the Bible tells us over and over and over, have no fear? Right. And yes, I totally agree. I just feel like that's how most of us operate as women. And I would say that, you know, it's my experience. And I write about this in the Bible study, Sim. I think based on everything that we read in the Bible to assume that we would have a a future, to assume that we would live on this side of heaven and have no fear at all because of circumstances or sin. I don't think that that's realistic. I mean, Jesus told his disciples that they would have trouble in this life, but take heart. I, I have overcome the world. And I think that one verse alone gives us a bit of a framework for how we approach fear. It's not that we won't ever have anything to fear. It's that we know where to turn when we do, because Jesus told them, you should expect that there's going to be trouble. There's going to be problems. And when we experience problems and troubles, it's natural to fear. And then he followed it with, take heart, I, I have overcome the world. So the issue is not that we won't ever face anything that might cause us to fear. It becomes, what do we do when we feel that fear? Where do we turn? Do we turn inward? Do we turn to our own abilities? Do we turn to our own strength and best ideas for how we can figure this out or make some amount of preparation that we think might be something to fall on? Or do we turn to and trust Jesus? And it sounds 
so simple and so almost like, well, sure, that's what we do. We turn to Jesus. Then the next question becomes, how do we do that? Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And this is why I love so much about your Bible studying for our listeners. I was talking to Katie a little bit about this before we started recording, but the thing I really appreciate about this Bible study is that it is very practical because I feel like so many times, especially in Christian circles, it's just kind of on the surface of like, well, just pray about it and turn it over to God. And, you know, it's these things that we say, but then what does that actually look like? <laughs> like when we're when we're doing our day-to-day thing, when we're spending our time with God, like what it, should we be praying? How should we be doing this? And this is what I love so much about this book is that it, one, it's steeped very much in the word of God and the truth of the word of God. But two, it gives you real practical steps to walk out this this process. And in fact, you kind of have it broken down into five steps. So talk to us a little bit about, about the way that you you constructed that in the Bible study and, and kind of what those steps are. Yeah. And I love the, that you used the word process because I think a process is something that we can repeat. And so it's not necessarily step one, two, three, four, five, arrived. We've crossed the finish line. <laughs> Yay. Wouldn't that be great? I that would be amazing. That would, I would buy two of the Bible studies. That would be great. That would be great. And I even say at the end that I keep coming back to these steps because I keep coming up on situations that cause me to fear. Mm. And so based on how I'm feeling or how I feel like I'm handling it, I keep coming back to this because I think it's something that we can always use. So just to start out, the Bible study is divided into five weeks and each week we offer this step to help you smile without fear. And so the, on the front end, I'll tell you the five steps, it's to smile without fear. It's I need to spend less time doing and more time being with Jesus. I need to exchange the fear of the future for the fear of the Lord. I need to rely on my savior instead of myself. I need to pursue love and I need to live faithful today. Those are the five steps to help you smile without fear of the future that we talk about each week. And the first one, to smile without fear, I need to spend less time doing and more time being with Jesus. It's really this foundational step so that we start with the heart. Because I think so often when we consider our fears, there are just so many things that we can think of that need to be done outwardly. I think our instinct is to just get busy. Several weeks ago, we had a snowstorm come through, which is very unnatural in East Texas where our home base is. And our power went out and it was out for two days. We went for two days with no power and internet. Can you imagine? Oh my gosh, (laughs) with all those kids. Yes, with all these kids. And so then a few weeks after that, we have this new report of another snowstorm coming in. And let me tell you what I did. I spent an entire day cooking for the week because we have a generator. And so I thought we can plug a microwave and a refrigerator into this generator. So if I go ahead and cook and cook things in the oven or cook things on the stovetop, I can put them in the refrigerator and then we'll have something to eat, you know, <laughs> and I've washed all of our clothes just, but now not that that's a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to be prepared, but I think my point is that it's a very natural thing to think of all of the things that we should be doing externally in the meantime, completely forgetting our hearts. And so the Bible study is based on the Proverbs 31 woman. And that's what we do is we start with the heart, the heart behind everything that we read about in Proverbs 31, 10 through 31. And one of the things that I love about this first step is that it helps us realize the connection between security in Christ and our value because of Christ. 
And there's not enough time to go into all of it, but Jesus makes this beautiful connection in Matthew 6 when he says, don't worry about your life. And then he says, look at the birds of the air or look at the the grass of the fields. And he asks this question, are you of not more value than they? And the point I think is just that the life of Jesus answers any questions that we have about our value to God. And when we begin to fully embrace the value that has been placed on us by our heavenly father through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, then we will become more secure because we know we're in his hands. Again, there's so much to unpack about that. But one of the first steps to embracing that, to truly absorbing that truth is to spend less time doing and more time being with Jesus and trusting that he'll take care of the things that we feel like we're not taking care of while we're being with him. Yeah, and I think that that is so good. And I think this is one of those things that we all kind of know Like, you know, and we want to do, but life has a way of taking over some of that time and filling it with so many other things when, and like you said, our natural inclination, whenever there's like a crisis coming or we feel stress or we feel fear that we do fill that space up with things that we can be doing versus sitting back and resting on the Lord and spending more time with him. Now, what do you feel like is that good balance? Because I feel like sometimes it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to do anything then. And I'm just going to wait on the Lord to fulfill my needs. But then he also calls us to be in action, right? Right. And I think that the point is start with him and then you'll get your action steps. And if we don't start by being with Jesus, then we're going to go do a lot of things. And we might be doing things that he never asked us to do, or we might be doing things that we never needed to do in the first place, exhausting ourselves while we just pound out all of these actions. So that's why it's important to begin with him, but we begin with him and then we walk with him. So we start by being with him and then our doing flows out of our being. It's not that we don't do. I would never, (laughs) there are things that need to be done. There just are. But if we begin by being with Jesus, then as we go do, we're walking with him And we are doing what he calls us to do. We are doing what he leads us to do. We are doing it in a way that it flows out of our being with him, not just in what we do, but in how we do it. We are fueled as we do it. We're not pouring out. We're being filled up and then we're overflowing from what we have received from him. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, that's step number one. So once we've kind of calm down our instinct of doing. (laughs) What is step number two? Okay, I had to interrupt this episode to ask you a question. How are you implementing what you are learning from this show? I mean, it's really great that you're investing in yourself to learn how to grow in each area of your life, but I want you to really apply these things so that you can reap the benefits of a more balanced life. If you're not sure how to begin, I want to invite you to join Life Balance Membership. Inside the membership, you'll find courses to help you create the habits that allow you to move forward with what you are learning. Plus, you'll have resources for each area of your life to help you take the guesswork out of figuring out how to create balance for yourself. For example, we have a full career guide that guides you through annual, quarterly, monthly, weekly, and daily routines to help you reach your career goals. It's actually what to do, how to start your work day, wrap up your work week, type checklists, and more. And that's just one area of life and one resource in it. 
Plus, you'll get access to the membership community and our member-exclusive podcast episodes where we take things to the next level in your self-coaching, like how to set boundaries and what to do when you struggle to make a new habit stick. You can try it for free for seven days, which is the perfect amount of time, by the way, to take the seven-day Clear the Chaos course. It's an excellent place to start. Just upgrade inside the Your Life Rocks app or go to lifebalancemembership.com to learn more. Oh, and members save money on things like our 12-week program, Life Balance Method, and the Life Balance Planner, and so much more. So join inside the app or go to lifebalancemembership.com. So step two, exchange the fear of the future for the fear of the Lord. And if you read, so Proverbs 31, 25 is the verse that says, strength and dignity are her clothing, and she smiles at the future. Some translations read, she laughs without fear of the future. If you read a little further, Proverbs 31, 30 says, charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. So we learn that yes, she is a woman who smiles without fear of the future, but she's also a woman who fears the Lord. And so that's where the wording comes for our second step, exchange the fear of the future for the fear of the Lord. And on the front end, I want to say, I know that the fear of the Lord can be a difficult concept for some people in a lot of ways. One, I know for a lot of people who've experienced just the debilitating nature of fear in their lives, you may have a hard time connecting that word to the Lord. And so I want to assure anyone who feels that way that it is not the same thing. It is not that fear that causes you to freeze. It is actually more of an invitation into the presence of the Lord, which is what happens in step one, right? We dwell in the presence of the Lord. And then what happens in week two is that we learn to exchange the fear of the future, which is something that's naturally going, if you think about fear, human fear of something on this earth, when your response is to naturally distance yourself from something that you are afraid of. If there were a snake on the desk right in front of me, I would not be talking into this microphone. I would be <laughs> I would be three blocks down the road by now. I would get away. But the fear of the Lord is the very opposite because it is the fear of the Lord that's actually an invitation into his presence, an invitation to draw near to him. And so we talk a whole lot about that, what it looks like and how we live it each day. But I just want to assure you that. And then the second person would be the one who hears the fear of the Lord and goes, that is just too much. It's too deep. It's too hard to understand. And it is a complicated subject. It is. But we really try to break it down to where you you understand the kind of starting line of the fear of the Lord, which we draw that line and we say that the fear of the Lord begins with knowing God. And the difference is it's not just knowing about Him, because there's a lot of information about God available to us. If you're in America, it's kind of at your fingertips. So it's more than just informational knowing of God. It's the relational knowing of Him that can truly help transform us from the fear of the future to the fear of the Lord. And we dig into that too. And I think that this is so good. And I love that you have this as a huge part of it, a fear of the Lord, because I feel like so many people kind of shy away from that topic because there are so many emotions, because we have so many thoughts around the word fear. And my kids, as we're you know reading through the Bible and doing stuff, they've asked a lot of questions like, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Like, why would I be fearfully made? He made me to be fearful. Right. And, you know, it's it's hard to explain this concept because it is such a big concept. But the way I've always talked about it with my kids is it's knowing the power of God and knowing that he created everything that you see. He created you and all the complexities that are inside of you. 
And when you start to really look at the Bible from a historical perspective and the the stories that are in there and the power that he did of parting the seas and, and moving mountains, like it's amazing the power of God. And when you can be in awe of that, the fear of the Lord is being in awe of his power and what he's able and capable to do. And when you start to look at it from that lens of not looking so much at the word fear, but at the power of that he has, that it would make you tremble in awe, like that is a, a different perspective and just kind of removing the word fear. Do you think it's good to remove the word fear when you're looking at at this kind of a biblical perspective? I would say no, not to remove it completely because it's what the word of God says. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> right? I know that it wasn't originally written in English. And so there's just some things I understand. There are some nuances there, but I think it's okay sometimes to not fully understand because if God were completely understandable, then would he be God? <laughs> That's the way I've always kind of thought about it. It's I'm okay that there are some things about my God that I cannot explain completely in human terms. And so I think it's okay to live in this the tension of not being able to completely grasp it, but seeking understanding in a way that would make me more of a disciple of Christ, that would make me more like Christ, that would make my life produce more fruit, and then trusting Him with the parts of it that I don't understand on this side of heaven. Mm, That is so good. That is so good and valid. All right. Now talk to us about number three, because this one is my, I think my favorite. Is it? I think it might be mine too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So number three is to rely on my savior instead of myself. And I think maybe the reason I say it's my favorite is because it might be the one that I'm most inclined not to do. It might be Mm. the one that I, I am just, more likely to rely on myself. So maybe I just notice it more, but there was a lot of learning that happened for me in this particular week of the Bible study. And so much of what I write about, it really flows from a time when during the process, even of writing the Bible study, my dad finished his days on earth and moved to heaven. And God taught me so much about my desire to have everything figured out my desire to have all of the answers. And all the while he was calling me simply to rely on him. And what I noticed during that time is that I would go to Jesus, but I wanted him to tell me the answers. I wasn't going to him for the sake of just relying on him. I was going to him saying, okay, tell me what's going on. Tell me what I need to do next. Tell me why you're doing all of this. Tell me everything I need to know so that I have this figured out. My goal was really just to figure it out for myself. One of my favorite parts of this week is when we talk about this Old Testament battlefield in 2 Chronicles 13, the scene where there's Israel, it was the split kingdom, there's Israel and there was Judah, and the two kings were coming together um, in war, and one king was coming, and the Bible says in 2 Chronicles 13 that, that they relied on the Lord, but it was the other king who seemed to have the battle won because the king that did not rely on the Lord, according to the scriptures, that king had double the number of troops. That king had this great strategy where they had an army in front and then they were coming around behind the other army in ambush. So they basically had them surrounded. And yet the king that was relying on the Lord points out, you feel good about your plan because you've made these false idols and you've set up these 
false practices and you have completely denied the Lord and yet you feel good about your plan. And in the example in this portion of scripture is the king that relied on the Lord is the king that won the battle that day, even though he was outnumbered, even though he was surrounded, but he relied on the Lord. And that particular word and for rely that's translated rely in that chapter, it's so descriptive to the point that one dictionary defines it as reliance to the point that if the thing you are relying on fails, it's utter destruction. It's complete destruction. And that was such an image to me of relying on my Savior instead of myself, relying on Him to the point that I have no backup plan. There's no (laughs) just in case. And I am telling you, that is not something that I think comes naturally to me. I think I'd like to have a backup plan. I like to have a just in case. I like to have that safety net. And so it really challenged me for where I choose to rely. Is it on what I can figure out? Is it on what I can arrange or fix? Or is it solely relying on the Lord? And so that's just a quick little summary of what the week is about. I love that. And I think it's my favorite just because I know in my own personal experience, I have seen that breaking point so many times in my life of writing it out to like until the wheels fall off on my own strength. Yep. And knowing that like it's the truest (laughs) thing that I can experience of the grace of God because I keep doing it over and over and I never seem to learn the lesson of relying on his strength versus my own. But you know, it's an amazing relief when you know that supernaturally, God will work things out once you hand it over to him. But when you're holding on to it yourself so tight Mm -hmm. and just knowing like, if I just push a little bit harder, if I just do a little bit more and in the end, you know, really just giving it over to him and his strength is like bazillion times better than anything we could ever do. Yep. And you said that so well. I was like, yes, all I'm nodding my head, all of that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Then what's next? Okay, number four is pursue love. To smile without fear, I need to pursue love. And you know what? I love so much about this chapter. So see Proverbs 31, 10 through 31. If you're familiar with the Proverbs 31 woman, then you probably know about all that she does. It's She's busy. She's yeah. doing a lot. And I think that we we approach her most of the time from that point. Like, what does she do? And so we certainly couldn't leave that out. And even one of the things that we talk about is that while we are approaching her from the heart behind her actions, the Bible does not disconnect our actions from our salvation. It really does connect what we do based on what God has done for us. So because of God's grace, we have these good works that are prepared in advance for us to do. And so we receive Jesus as our Savior and then When we do these things like spend less time doing and more time being with Jesus and exchange the fear of the future for the fear of the Lord and rely on my Savior and instead of myself, then these works that come out of us are like a geyser that just kind of comes from within us. We just can't help but produce good works when we have positioned ourselves and our hearts in this place with God. So what I love about this week is that we take the familiar, possibly familiar verses in 1 Corinthians 13. It's known as the love chapter. And there's this description of love in verses four through seven. Love is patient. Love is kind. And I won't say it all, but it's just this beautiful description of love and kind of a definition. And we take that and we overlay it 
in all of the works that we see the Proverbs 31 woman produce. And we see how much of her actions are rooted in love. And for me, I am naturally a busy person. I'm someone who likes to do things. It helps me adjust my reason for doing things. And we can be doing the same thing. And we can be doing it from a position of, I have to, I'm supposed to, I should, or we can be doing it from a position of love. And that's what a lot of this is about. And when we pursue love, I feel like it does is it frees us up to be fully invested in the moment and in the day right in front of us because we're so busy pursuing love for the people that we see, whether it's our friends, our family, our spouse, whether it's the needy in our community, when we're motivated, when our actions are motivated by love, we are so invested in what's happening right in front of us that we don't have time to be worried about the future. We don't have time to be afraid of what might be happening in the future because we believe that what we're doing right now is so important to this moment and to this day and that that our best plan for the future is really to be faithful today with what we have to do right now. I love this one. And I am not a lovey-dovey kind of person. So when I started getting into this chapter, I was like, oh, love. (laughs) (laughs) But the more I got into it, the thing I love about the comparison that you have, you've done and, and like the three things that you say to work on, work with consistency, work hard and work without complaining. And the more I started really diving into this, I thought, you know what, this is like the solution for burnout right Mm -hmm. here for women like me that are doers and achievers and needing to always be moving and and doing things is that I can easily get burnout. But when I'm doing it from that center point of love and loving people and knowing that I'm working on behalf of God in that way, like it provides so much more energy and so much more focus. It's amazing. It's incredible. I love that. And I would say that I have felt the same thing. It's kind of like your why. Mm -hmm. When you can't answer why am I doing it, but I'm just doing it, it's a lot easier to get burned out. But when you when you know why, when you know that you love because God first loved you, and then you go and even when you don't feel it, you practice love, then it brings a value to what you're doing that might not feel otherwise. Yeah. Absolutely. And it makes the burden lighter when you can look at it because there's some things in life that we just have to do and we don't like it. We can either complain about it or we can look at it through the lens of how am I with cleaning the bathrooms? How am I loving on my family by doing this act of service? You know, otherwise we can just gripe and complain about cleaning the bathroom. Right. All right. And I think (laughs) (laughs) it's occasionally okay to complain about that. Um, All right. So we have one last one. So talk to us about this last one. Okay. So the last one is that to smile without fear, I need to live faithful today. And this might be also one of my favorites because what we talk about is what's so unique to me about these verses in Proverbs 31 is that there are so many Hebrew words in these verses about this woman that draw on military contexts. And there's so many, in fact, that a lot of scholars believe that the writer would have expected the original hearers to pick up on this military context because there's so many words in these verses that draw on that image. And so in the last week, when we talk about the the step of to smile without fear, I need to live faithful today, we really look at the Proverbs 31 woman as a warrior 
And we connect this to, if you read in 2 Timothy, Paul writes to Timothy and he says, be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And so the whole week is really aimed at how we can be good soldiers of Jesus Christ and really coming from the place of the fact that while I hope that you go through She Smiles Without Fear, and I hope that it gives you really practical things to help you smile without fear, to help you know God more, and to really transform your life. The, the truth is, it's not going to happen just with a few weeks of Bible study. To really smile without fear, we're going to have to live faithful daily. And to do that, if we're going to be good soldiers of Jesus Christ, I think we need a well-ordered training plan because a soldier has a training plan. They don't just show up and say, all right, I'm here. There's a training plan. Soldiers are trained for what they will encounter. And so that's really what this last step is about. In the last week, we have a spiritual training circle that we go through. And in that circle, we have four points, prayer, scripture, community, and rest. And the goal is to help you weave these steps into every single day of your life. And we give practical ideas. If you have no idea where to start with weaving prayer into your life, we give you some ideas for that. And and it can sound overwhelming. Like if you're sitting here right now and you're going, you want me to weave all of these things into every single day. Do you know how little time I have? (laughs) I I hope you know, I get it. I really do. I was a homeschooling mother of six. We traveled with my husband, Luke. I mean, we moved a dozen times in 13 years. The time was not something that I just had a lot of it laying around, you know? (laughs) And honestly, that's where this comes from. This comes from the things that God showed me along the way, like, okay, you can grab five minutes of this here. Okay, here's how you can somehow weave community into a life with very little discretionary time and, and just things like that. But but really just the practice, the practice of living faithful today. And you know, I want to help you be able to do that in a way that doesn't feel overwhelming and in a way that works for you because it won't look the same for each one of us. I love it. And I I love so much the visual of the training circle. And, you know, as you were talking and I was looking at the visual that you have in the Bible study for the circle, I'm so reminded of all of the other steps that we've talked about Mm -hmm. as far as doing less and spending time with God. That goes right back to the training circle, love, fear of the Lord. Like it all kind of feeds right back into the circle. So when you were talking about it adding more, it's really not. If you really start to apply all of those things. And I think that, again, this is why I feel like the Bible study is so beautifully written is because you've already gone through four weeks, five weeks of diving into the word and kind of having some transformation in this journey. When you get to this point, it does make it a lot easier and more practical to just truly apply. Well, I'm so glad that you feel that way because that is the goal. And even the, you know, the Bible study is written with the busy woman in mind, because again, I'm one of those women. And so When I come to God's word, I need something that it doesn't feel like it's going to weigh you down or take an hour, right? (laughs) Because Mm -hmm. I always have an hour. And so I hope that, you know, if you're listening, I hope you feel like you can do this because sometimes just believing that you will experience that change is what will help us take the first step. And so I know that sometimes life can feel so busy, but I know that you will never regret prioritizing God's word. You won't. And and I do want to encourage, you know, part of this spiritual training circle is because 
it's not necessarily something that the first time you do it, you're going to walk away and go, whoa, that I'm changed. My life has changed. It's a little <laughs> bit like when you work out, right? Yep. And you do it once and you're like, I look the same. <laughs> I work out and I don't see any change. And it, it can be disheartening, but it's the consistency of doing it again and again and again where you begin to see the change and you begin to see a new creation. And yes, when we receive Jesus Christ as our savior, we are saved and we are changed. But I just want to encourage you that if you feel like I've done this a time or two and I'm still not seeing the results, I just want to encourage you to keep going. Trust that God's word does not return void. And I'm not asking you to sit down for an hour If all you have is five minutes, if all you have is three, start with three. And I know that God will transform you from the inside out. And I hope that anything that you would get from She Smiles Without Fear would help with that process. I love it. Well, thank you so much for giving us this Bible study and for your words of wisdom and for really giving us some very practical things that we can be doing to feel like we're moving in our faith, growing in our faith and really getting closer to Jesus in a big way using his word. So I just thank you that God is using you in the way that he's using you, because this is stuff that we really need more of in this world. And I just love that God had you write this even before (laughs) the trials of 20. Not that, you know, there was no fear before 2020 because life is life. But, you know, certainly I feel like it's a bit different nowadays. And and I just am so grateful that God used you and that you responded when he called. Well, I appreciate that so much, Jenny. And it's been such a blessing to be here and have this conversation and and get a chance to talk to your sweet audience. Now, if people want to grab your Bible study, learn more about you, your ministry, how can they get in touch? So She Smiles Without Fear, you can get that anywhere you, you buy books. And so Amazon, Proverbs 31 Bookstore, Walmart, christianbook.com, just wherever you would normally get your books, you can get She Smiles Without Fear. And then I would love to, I have a free resource on my website. It's seven prayers to help you smile without fear. And it's just a free download and you can get that. It's katiemccown.com. So that's K-A-T-Y-M-C-C-O-W-N, katiemccown.com. If you go there, um, the link for that free resource is at the top of the page. Awesome. Thank you so much, Katie. It was a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much. I enjoyed being here. Hey, just because the episode's over doesn't mean we have to stop hanging out. Head on over to Instagram and follow me there. You can find me at your.life.rocks. Or if you're more of a Facebook kind of girl, join our community of working Christian moms just like you. You can search Your Life Rocks over on Facebook and connect with us there. And if you're ready to truly create lasting balance and get results in your life, Maybe it's time for you to join Life Balance Membership. Download the Your Life Rocks app in iTunes or in Google Play. You can upgrade to the membership right inside the app. And if you're looking for more resources to help you create more balance, head on over to yourliferocks.com.